Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Maddie Orlando. And I'm Lauren Orlando. As you probably guessed, we're sisters. And we're also co-hosts of the podcast, The Sister Diary. Every week, we let our listeners into real-life conversations like the ones that we have at home. We have an eight-year age gap, so we always have a different perspective on things, but that makes it pretty fun. We talk about navigating life, growing up on social media, and pretty much anything else that we find interesting. You can catch a new episode of The Sister Diary every Friday. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. I'm broadcasting all the way from... Greece today, which is really nice, actually. I'm in quarantine, so I'm in my bedroom anyway. So this podcast is a really nice way to sort of keep my time going and try not to think too much. So I'm about to go to London and have to quarantine again for 10 days. I've got three days left, so it's not that bad. But what it did make me think about was, and I, I, you know, I asked a lot of you guys what, what you'd like me to talk about. And so many of you want to talk about fear fear and anxiety and all of that good stuff, which um, holds us back in our own lives, I guess. I mean, it definitely, I mean, it kind of like, what does it do? It sort of freezes you in the spot, doesn't it? I know that when I, I get sort of fear and anxiety at night when I have too much time to think, so I try and busy myself. And it's always easier said than done. So I've like read a lot of books and I go to a lot of different healers. Yoga helped me with like breathing techniques and I mean, but I have one of those minds that sort of takes over, you know, whenever you sort of lie there listening to a meditation, the other side of my brain is going, uh, you need to be somewhere else. You've got about five minutes to do this. Uh, the kids need picking up. Oh shit. You haven't done that. You know, that brain side of my brain is a lot louder. So it's really, really hard for me to quieten my mind, which I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. So I'm learning not to worry that, you know, if I give myself that 10 minutes, that the house isn't going to burn down and the kids aren't, you know, going to starve, which I think we all do that. When as soon as your mind is quiet, we think about the worst things that could possibly bloody happen and actually nothing happens. And I think that, you know, fear comes at all different times, right? So, you know, right now, 
uh, we have fear and anxiety for different things. I can't go into why I have a lot of fear and anxiety right now, but I, you know, I'll get there eventually one day. But like, you know, not everything from the outside is what's going on, you know, around me and on the inside. I mean, a lot of times, like I'm really good. And even though I am, I do get anxiety and I do have like fearful moments. I'm really good at hiding it. And I also like mask a lot of it with humor. And that's not to say I'm not finding the moment really funny. And I think that's that's why people get really confused because they see like so much on my Instagram. Like my biggest and most fun part of the day is taking the piss out of Sergio from morning to night. And I love it. And it just makes me laugh so much and just, you know, resets because it's the belly laugh, really. And I, I guess humor is it's it's a big part of it, really, a big part of life. And I was going to make this a separate podcast, but I I also think it's so important when you have fear and anxiety. A typical example is I used to hate, hate dark movies and have nightmares or, you know, my children does. If you watch, I, I can't watch any violent movies or these awful ones where, I don't know, what are they called? You know, horror movies. That's what I'm looking for, a horror movie. So if I watched a horror movie when I was younger, the only way I could counteract that and get to sleep was by watching a comedy. And I would always do that. And I kind of think that life is very much like that. So, you know, when you have the fear and the fear comes into so many different aspects of your life, you get fear when you're moving house. You know, I lived with the fear for however many years that I was, you know, umming and ahhing about my marriage. You get the fear, like, will I be okay? Will anyone ever love me again? You know, will I be able to afford my house? Will I be able to look after my kids? Will I be a good mum on my own? Will my kids like me? Can I afford my bills? What if my work dries up and I don't have a fallback? You know, all of these things are the fear, but they're not the reason that you shouldn't do something. They're just the fear of like what could happen, but it hasn't happened, right? It hasn't happened yet. I liken it to, you remember when you were young and you wanted to pierce your ears? And I remember so well, I'd walk around and I'd pinch my earlobes till they were red raw and almost, you know, bleeding just to see what in my mind, how bad it would feel, right? So I would do this for hours going, okay, I can do the pain. I can do the pain. And I would, I'd do this to myself all the time going, you know, because I was so fearful of the needle going through. And then of course the day came for me to go and get my ears pierced and it wasn't anything like the pain I'd inflicted on myself in the run-up to getting my ears pierced. Literally, it was two seconds, blink of an eyelid, and I didn't even flinch. And I was like, fuck, that was it? And I had literally spent months scared, fucking rigid of what could happen to me. My ear was falling off, you know, maybe it got septic. I had every, every single bad thought on the planet. And actually, the reality was nothing, absolutely nothing. And again, I think, you know, if you look at, you know, I'm not saying my divorce was nothing, but like I spent quite a few years thinking, what the fuck, how do you do this? You know, what could go wrong? Everything could go wrong. How, you know, I sort of took every path in my head of what could go wrong. I really never took the path of what could go right because genuinely every person around me told me it was going to go wrong. So I just needed to find out in my head which bits would go wrong, right? So I thought, if I lost my house, how would I feel if I had to downsize into a, a, you know, a tiny apartment? So I took myself off and <laughs> went to look at tiny apartments. And I was like, oh, I can do this. They're nice. By the time I've got my art and my furniture in there, I'll be fine. Then I calculated my wealth. If I lost a couple of, couple of jobs, I was like, okay, I can do this still. I built little fortresses around myself that sort of protected myself in my 
stupidity or whatever it was, I don't know, in my fear of what could happen. So, you know, again, we have this amazing ability to sort of want to wrap ourselves in cotton wool, which we can't do people. And no matter what outcome, and I don't care if you've thought of 110 outcomes, it's never the outcome you thought of. Never. (laughs) That's what's so fucking frustrating to spend all my time thinking about the worst and preparing for the worst. And actually the worst doesn't really come because we all survive. We all survive. Somehow we get through it. If you have a brain and you have a bit of, what do you call it? Like common sense. Common sense is, believe it or not, quite sparse these days. If you have common sense and a brain, you can survive. Okay. We don't need another person to help us survive. The other person is there as a support system and like someone to love you and to tell you, maybe be your cheerleader if you need cheering. You know, um, Sergio's waving in the background. Yes, he's my cheerleader. That also helps, by the way. So like, because I'm his biggest cheerleader. You know, when I met Sergio too, he was a little lost and he was young, you know, like he'd left soccer, just finished his uh, master's. He didn't know what he wanted to do, really wanted to do. He was lost. And so the fear was in him too. Right, honey? Yes, honey, yes. The fear was on me. It was in you. We sat together for hours and mapped out what he could want to do, how he could achieve it, what steps he would need to. And then the fear was lifted, right? And, you know, and I think that's what a partner is. That's what a partner does. The partner doesn't enable you. She doesn't give you like a gold bag and say, here you are, because that's what I think a lot of married women do or women that have been married go, you know, the partner shouldn't be the one that has to come in with a sort of gold sack and say, let me set everything up for you. Here's your shop and here's the keys. Now, now all you have to do is run it. That's not helpful to you because all that happens is if the shit hits the fan and that business goes under ever, you don't know how to run another one. You don't know how to set up anything on your own. You've never had to. Someone has just provided it for you. So that is the worst thing. You may think at the time that this is a wonderful thing. It is not. It's not going to help you. It's not the right way around it. You need to go through it. You need to feel the fear and look at it head on and walk straight fucking into it. Like literally walk straight into it. Let's take a break from the show and discuss something that I use all the time with Sergio because we're constantly on the road. So, I mean, obviously suitcases are some of the most important things in our lives and we've tried quite a few, I can assure you. So I'm super excited to bring you away suitcases and travel essentials because there's something that we use just so much. We use them when we travel with family, navigating the current reality of travel. And no matter which destination, away suitcases, bags and accessories come in such a variety of colors, size, materials that you can totally inspire your future trips. All of away suitcases are designed to last a lifetime with durable exteriors that can withstand the roughest of baggage handlers. And trust me, I've lost quite a few bags that way. So, I mean, it really is important to have a strong outer shell. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to ensure you can pack more in, which is also key in my life and a removable laundry bag that separates your dirty clothes, which I think is such a genius idea, I really do, so clever. Away products are simply designed to last an entire lifetime. If any part of your suitcase breaks, 
Away's standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced. Away offers free shipping and return on any order within US, UK, Europe and Canada. Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash divorced. That's awaytravel.com slash divorced. Happy shopping or happy traveling, should I say. Let's get back to the show. Even if at night I get the fear of like, you know, I'm going through some stuff now and I, I get the fear of like, what could happen? What could possibly go wrong? And then I think, well, I'm knee deep in shit already. So there's no point thinking of what could go wrong. I need to figure out what could go right. And if it goes wrong, how I'm going to fix it. That's it. And that is it. And you need to change your mental attitude because you can't, as I think I've said, many different situations, you can't collapse into them because if, when you collapse, nothing happens. The only thing that happens is you hold yourself back because eventually you'll come through it. Eventually you'll wake up from your, you know, I don't know, self-pity and rocking yourself back and going, you know, telling all your friends to fuck off and leave you alone and let me deal with it. And eventually when you come through it, you only have to start from that dot again to go forward. It's not like you can just uh, wake up and you've gone through it. You actually really, sadly, people have to go through it. You can't skip a step just because it's uncomfortable. And I think that that's what a lot of people want to do in when they end a relationship. I mean, fear can come from so many things and then fear leads to anxiety because I get anxiety in my stomach and all this kind of stuff. But weirdly, again, my partner who is not my piggy bank, but is my partner, calms me down by like... Just tell them, honey, tell them how, how you just relaxed and how, how you just became, you know, back to yourself. You tell them what you do. It's just literally, you know, she came to me and she's like, oh, honey, I, I just need a cuddle. And she cuddled me and we started like just facing each other, you know, really, really close to each other. And it's just such an amazing feeling. And what do you do with your feet? We start like pushing each feet with, with the other, just like, I don't know how you call it in English. R rubbing each other's feet with each other's foot. I'm, it's so weird, but it totally calms my whole body. That's all I need. And that's it. It works. If you've got the right person beside you, it sort of melts away because, you know, I do that. And then I think, well, so what if I end up in a flat with Sergio? Great. Sounds bloody good to me. Honey, we're going to be so happy anywhere. Yes, that's the truth. And, you know, and that really is the truth. And it's not about money. It's not about the things that people try to take away from you or to scare you with. Because being threatened to stay in a marriage because the husband tells you you're not going to have anything or the husband tells you, you know, you can't have anything. You're not getting anything. I'm not going to give you anything. Okay, do you think that that's a solid reason to stay in your marriage? Do you really? No. That someone scaring the fucking shit out of you is a way to like get a loving relationship back? Absolutely fucking not. Are you crazy? If anything, it would make me more determined that I am actually out of there. Fuck you. I'm going to make it work. And, you know, the people that really step into the fear or into the fire, whichever you want to call it, really do flourish the other side because... They're the ones that really take a risk. When you're a risk taker, 
You know, you get rewarded. You really do. Nothing good comes easy. I've said this a million times. And it's coping mechanisms. So the foot thing really works for me. I don't know why. I, I, I'm not even that into feet. I've never been into feet. I don't, I can't, I can't for the life of you tell me why his feet calm me down for some reason. I don't know why. They just do. It's like a real calming effect. And then the other thing that we do is we just sort of look at the ceiling, put our hands up and we put on a YouTube meditation. And again, it's the breathing. If you really breathe through your nose all the way down into your belly really, really hard and let it out, it goes straight through your body and it does calm you completely. I, I think I've said this before. I really don't believe in self-medication for this because I've done it. You know, I've taken Xanax and all that rubbish before. And to be honest, all it does is dull the pain until you literally come off them and then you have to go through it again. So it's only masking what you're about to go through. So if you can possibly get through this on your own, I really suggest it. And if you've got anxiety and you suffer from this or you feel the fear, the other thing to do is busy yourself, really busy yourself. There are plenty of things you can be doing that you just don't have time in the day. Like, I mean, the only time I have is at night, right? And I think, you know, a lot of us feel the fear when, especially if you've been long-term marriages, and I do understand, like, even if you hate your partner and you're lying in the same room, but you're lying separate side of the bed, he's still there. If you really need something in the night, he's there. It's your camp comfort zone. He's your blanket. I get it. So I really understand the fear of being alone and the fear of feeling alone. But again, you can switch that. I mean, obviously, if you haven't got children, I do get that you probably are in an apartment not alone. But you can do things like my sister moved in with a girlfriend. Like without a shadow of a doubt, I think if I hadn't got Sergio, I would have invited a girlfriend to rent my room downstairs. But again, I, you know, I thought about it because I had my friends come stay and I really enjoyed it. But then I thought about it, you know, again, I have kids, so I'm never alone. No matter what, I am not alone. My kids are in the house and there's always noise. And if I wanted to sleep every night with my sons, one of them would be in there. So again, I'm very fortunate. And I, I did think about that through the process. I was going, you know, when I was scared because, you know, I'd be, I've been with my ex-husband since we were 20, well, 25 or 26, I guess. So, and I'd never spent, other than when we traveled, a night apart from him. Because he had this thing that, you know, we never, if we argued, it, it was just, we always shared a bed and it was, you know, it was always the same. So I had that fear, like, like my kids, like, what would it be like waking up without him? Even if we were in an argument and he drove me nuts at the end and I'm vice versa, I drove him nuts. You know, I still had the fear of what would life be like without him? Because he's all I knew. He really is my entire adult life. So, you know, being scared of what it would be like waking up next to my good friend rather than my lover, I don't know, confident, my best friend, my soulmate, and settling for that so that you don't have to wonder, will someone else come along? is just not the right, right way of looking at it at all. Because the fear, again, is holding you back in the same position in the same place and you're never going to make a different life for yourself. My life today looks completely different. When I look at photo albums of me and my past life and, you know, a very good life it was for 18 years, I don't recognize myself. It seems like 
years ago. And I don't think it's just me. I had a really good girlfriend who's been married 23 years. And she went into her marital home and she saw all the pictures of her going, you know, on her wedding day. And she's like looking at the wedding pictures and she's like, I don't even remember it. Who is that girl? I look at that person. I don't remember who she is. So it made me feel amazing because I was like, okay, it's not just me. It's true. Like I look at my wedding day and I, you know, I remember it. And obviously, you know, that girl is so foreign to me now. I'm a totally different human. I'm starting my life journey again with Sergio from the start. It's amazing, you know, and it's so fun. If I had thought about this outcome at the end when I was going through all these nights of like, I mean, literally Zan uppers and downers to like, you know, help me sleep, wake me up, like the whole thing, because I was so fucking nervous, not to mention nervous at like having to have the conversation, the whole conversation of going through it, that if I'd known it could be this good the other side, fuck, I wish would have cut myself a break, like really cut myself a break, you know, and gone, you know, you'll be fine. And that's why I'm trying to save all of you the anguish and the fear and the everything else, because it's nothing to do with money. It's all in a piece, you know, and that's why everything good happened. I remember the day that Sergio and I were running and we, we saw the house that I'm currently living in. And, you know, we looked at it and I was like, we were both like, oh, it's out of our budget, like totally out of our budget. It's like, oh, I can't do it right now. And I, you know, and he was like, you know, he was moving and he had, you know, enough his side of expenses as well. And we're like, okay, we're not going to do it. Then, you know, three months later, I think it was, and we weren't ready to move anyway. Three months later, my, my lease came up and the house was still on the market. And we were like, oh, fuck it. And when you push yourself and release the fear, we were like, we're just going to go for it. And we went for the house, got the house, and we're like, shit, we actually got the house. Now we have to actually pay for the house, right? Um, so we sort of scraped all our pennies together. And now we're paying for the house. We've got the house indefinitely. It's our house. We're actually paying for it. And we're paying for it quite well. Like it's all my fears have subsided and my anxiety has subsided because I made the decision. I took the leap. We said, we're going to take the house. We took the house. And the money sometimes, it somehow flows. There's a really good, I think I told you this one the other day, like, you know, I'm abundant as fuck and money flows to me like magic. That's my neighbor's saying. And that's all I have to say. And also I'm on a street full of very talented people. I'm totally inspired. So I also think a big chunk of this is being around people that inspire you daily. Like I am inspired daily to make more, to do more. You know, Sergio and I, have, we're not competitive, but we like, we're each other's biggest cheerleader. Like we celebrate each other's wins. Like I push him, I will open a door and shove him through it. And he will be at my meetings and go, yeah, she'll do it. And that's what we do. So let's take a little pause from the show and discuss one of my favorites. And I know you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. So, but I do really love them. Rothy's. They are stylish, sustainable shoes and bags. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. Rothy's shoes are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. And there are so many styles you can choose from, girls, that you can really add style and comfort to your closet. It's no surprise that Rothy's best-selling shoe, the Point in Black, has over 5,000 near-perfect reviews. First of all, they have a 
range of styles that come in so many different colors that there's something for everyone there really is and i love them for down here because they're made from plastic water bottles they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on and you can bend them in half and throw them in the washing machine which is genius for someone like me so if they get dirty shove them in the washing machine and they just pop straight out. Rothy's have transformed nearly over 100 million bottles into beautiful shoes and handbags and face masks. So you're actually doing something for the planet too. Check out all their amazing shoes, bags and masks available right now at rothys.com forward slash DND. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash DND. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash dnd today. Let's get back to the show. It's like I don't see a separation in what's his and mine. And we're like this amazing team and it's so much fun. And, you know, it means that if I have to go to work and someone has to go get the kids, it's well, they're not my kids. Sergio just goes, does it? He does it. Because we're a team and that's what I need to go and do what I need to do and vice versa. So, you know, fear and anxiety will not ever serve you. And I think that's a really important saying that someone just taught me, actually. Does it serve you? And fear and, and anxiety will never serve you. I, and I, I don't know how. All they do is make you feel sick. They make you feel worthless, like you can't do it. And I think that I, I spoke about the vision board again, and I think it goes it goes against the grain of everything. Positive vibes, positive attitude, positive outlook, the, the vision board, everything you have achieved, you have to say you've achieved it, even if you haven't, but you have to write it down and say it as if it's present. I have my very successful TV show. My podcast is number one. My children are healthy. I bought my house. So everything is present and done. And that's how you keep telling yourself in your brain, recondition your brain. You can, I can, I can have whatever I want. I can have whatever I want. I think I told you that I used to have these like dreams and I saw my house. I told you that I've seen my house before. I've seen it years ago in my dreams when I was sort of like, I don't know, when I wasn't so happy, I was just, I used to dream about the the guy and he, you know, and the house and it was all glass. And I told you, I thought it really was in Los Angeles, but it seems to be in Dubai. It's the house and I'm in it. I got there. I got there the weirdest way. I wasn't expecting to be divorced. I wasn't expecting, but I just woke up and I was like, it's now or never. The longer you ponder and you live in fear and you live in anxiety and you hold your butt, should I start that business? Every day that you think, should I? Someone else has just started your business. Someone else just got five steps ahead of you. You know, somebody else just did it. I look at people sometimes because, you know, unfortunately the downside to Instagram is exactly that. We all get to follow each other and see, and you know, the world, and the only other thing is I was thinking yesterday is like, sometimes you get jealous, right? You look at Instagram and you go, fuck, I had that idea. I wish I'd done it earlier. Or, you know, that could have been me, you know? And and you do you do tend to, to do that because well, it's human nature. It doesn't have to come from ill intent. It doesn't mean that I want that person to burn in hell because I got they got it before I did. I'm actually celebrating them because I'm going, you're a fucking genius and it took me too long. Because procrastination is the worst. 
the worst thing you can do. It's like the first person on YouTube, the first person on, you know, all of these things, making dicks of themselves on TikTok, right? I mean, I'm another person that, oh, if my management tells me one more time I have to join fucking TikTok, I swear to God, it's just so not up my alley. I'm having a laugh now because it's just, I'm doing TikTok the way I want to because it's taking the piss out of each other and taking the piss out of me and Sergio. And if I'm sort of self-deprecating, it's funny, right? I can't do it seriously. If you think I'm going to do a dance routine, I'm 40 fucking five. I'm not doing, you know, these stupid dance routines all day. I'm just not, I've got better things to do and I don't care how much money or how famous it's going to make me, which is apparently going to lift my platform, which are going to get me that I... I know, I've heard you, there are just limits. But again, that's probably fear, anxiety, right? It's like when I was told I was going to go and do my first ever show, live show. I've never spoken in front of people. And my fear of like, well, I can't have a live show. What if three people show up? What if nobody buys a fucking ticket? But they did. They actually did. And they were really nice people, by the way, lovely people. But I had the fear. My girlfriend, Katie Morris, made me do it. She literally literally called me up and said, it's all organized. I'm doing it because I want to do it for you. And she put it together and I was like, you're out of your fucking mind, literally. But from that, from overcoming my fear, because I had no choice because the woman put up all her own money until she could get it back, if you see what I mean. So she, she literally invested in me without my knowledge, without asking me and told me it was done. So what am I going to do? Go, uh, fuck you, I'm not doing it. When she's like, she bought the sound, the lighting, the food, booked the, booked the venue and sold the tickets. I've got no fucking choice, have I? Now I'm doing a show. Doing the show and I'm like, I have no idea what the show's about, how I'm going to do it and how many people are going to be there, right? Because if anyone's ever tried to sell anything, by the way, and I'm not that famous yet and I haven't done, you know, these, sh- like now my podcast has become quite popular, believe it or not. And actually people would probably come to hear what I, what I had to say. But, you know, when I did this, what, two years ago, I was just a Bravo celebrity and no one really cared what I had to say or didn't think I had much to say, to be honest. And I was still married. So it wasn't like I had huge life lessons. And so Katie really pushed my fear and I did it. And from that moment, who was in there? So a producer was in there. He then went on to like, want to work with me my podcast was born and and the most important thing thanks to that you oh, meet yeah. Sergio oh yes that was nice you forgot honey yes thank you yes I was, I was getting there Donnie um, my podcast was born and sitting in the audience was my Sergio I mean literally and the funny thing is girls actually it was the end of the night I'm going to tell you the whole story now but as he walked out I was having a laugh because we'd all spotted him and thought he was really cute. And I was sitting next to my producer and he walked out and walked down the steps. And yes. I, what, what you said, honey? What did you say? I said, there goes my future husband. She actually said that, guys, aloud. And I mean, I will never forget that. I was moment. being sarcastic. I didn't actually know it was the truth. But right. I, I, I was being really sarcastic because all the girls were like, swoon, swoon, swoon. And I was like, there goes my husband. As you can see, if you visualize anything, it can actually happen because it's happening. Yes. And so getting over my fear and doing my worst fear brought me all of these things, brought me my podcast, brought me my future husband, brought me the balls to do it again. And then look at how I ended up climbing the freaking Himalayas. 
I mean, I was dropped off by a helicopter in the middle of bloody nowhere. And suddenly, and by the way, both my legs gave up, you know, my knees gave up. And suddenly I was like, holy shit, I've got nine days up here. You know, what am I going to do? Well, you can either be paralyzed in fear or you go, I just looked down and got on with walking. And I really did it. I did it, you know, and I'm so proud of myself because I did it. How many people in the world can say they got higher than base camp Everest? Not many, not many. I don't go to dinners and people are like, oh, I've done that. No, no, you haven't. I did. I pushed myself to go through the fear. And there was fear in so many different places, by the way. It was the middle of the pandemic, just getting on the plane. We were flying to, where did we fly to? We flew to Kathmandu with the local airline. And oh my God, it looked like a completely different world. It was just like scary for both of us because, I mean, nobody was traveling. And it was just, I mean, really, really hard. And it was only for locals. So no one that was not resident in Kathmandu could fly there. So we were like, yeah, Nepal, sorry, that we were like fish out of water completely. But we went through the fear. That's why I thought it was the best moment, you know, we could ever have to to propose after spending 10 days together with all the fear and everything that we went through. It was just amazing. There you go. Facing your fear or facing my fear brought me First, a huge sense of achievement. And secondly, my proposal, you know, and how amazing was that? And how lucky am I? So, you know, again, don't let fear define you. Don't let fear cripple you. I have seen people crippled by fear. And by that, I mean, I I had girlfriends who, you know, I think that they always thought the world owed them something. And I think pretty girls growing up just do. That somehow, if you're pretty and boys have always paid for you, someone's always paid for your flight and flown you down to Saint Tropez or bought you that handbag that you wanted or bought you the black. I had girlfriends that went out for dinner and got a fucking Range Rover. <laughs> it's not funny. I couldn't understand. I always had to share. I was always made to pay half. But anyway, actually, I was thinking all those assholes that made me pay half my meal really actually are the making of me. Thank God none of them spoiled me like that. Nobody, because nobody gave me a handout. And because I wasn't given the handout, I know how to to take care of myself. And these girls, I remember one of them moved out from their boyfriend. She didn't even know what fucking council tax was. Or like, you know, I know as soon as I moved out of my house, I had to start paying electricity, household insurance, medical insurance, you know, all of this stuff, which I do now, it wasn't so daunting I see girls now who've broken up, you know, who who don't know what to do, literally at tallying up what they live on in a month so they can go back to their ex-husband and ask for a certain amount of money. And, you know, again, I didn't do that. I got the money to sort of pay for everything for the children, which he does, and the rest is on me. I do me. And I was completely happy with that. And I wouldn't feel right any other way. I have two arms, I have a mouth, and I have two feet. I can get up and go and earn my own money. So I want to thank the guys that were assholes when I dated them and didn't offer to buy my dinner because frankly, those women that got everything then all suffer the second time round. They really suffer because they're walking into relationships waiting for that kind of man to appear again. And they don't really exist anymore because uh, the stupid money isn't around anymore. People don't make money that easily now and COVID's really really cemented that, you know, and, and people have learned the value, the value, I think, of everything. And they've learned to hold on to it for a rainy day because 
you know, we've just literally had a year, nearly two years in COVID where, you know, who the fuck would tell you that your business, if you're a business owner right now, I mean, I'm in Greece, these stores have been closed for a, for a year, a year and a half, I think they said, you know, boats haven't been able to move for a year. Shops haven't been open. None of the big stores, like someone had to keep those going. You know, you need to be prepared for that kind of a day. So people just are a little more careful. You know, the biggest thing is rolling your sleeves up and getting back to work and doing the fear. And I see that with a lot of women who who are used to being taken care of and they just cannot roll their sleeves up and get back to work. Because I think, number one, for so many reasons, the fear cripples them that they don't know they won't be good in the workplace. And And by the way, if you've been out of work and you're going back to work now, you have to be 10 times better than anyone else. 10 times better. Because otherwise, why the fuck would I take you with less qualifications when I can get a million with qualifications? Uh-uh. You have to work harder and 10 times better. And people just don't want to do that. So, you know, fear and anxiety will never serve you. They'll never get you where you want to go. They will only hold you back. They will only hold you stagnant so that somebody else can take 10 steps in front of you. And with a world that's so fast paced and moving at such an extraordinary rate, you know, you really don't want to be left behind. You have to move with the times. The world's changing. As I said, we're we're living through history anyway, as it is. But with, you know, we have so many different ways to make money today. And actually the conventional ones may be changing. Like, okay, shops maybe shops are struggling, retail struggling. You know, you can be so clever. I started investing, you know, looking at investments for like when I could or can again, like investment properties. I'd love to be able to do that. Like my goal is to earn. I never saved and I was terrible at that. So I'm going to start saving again and I'm going to start like investing in property. I'm considering Bitcoin, have to learn a bit more about it because I don't understand it. But you know, all of these things I'm teaching myself now. So with or without Sergio, I am teaching myself. We're actually learning a lot together, but it's for me and it's for him and it's great. And we have so much fun learning about the things we don't know about. Um, So don't let fear stop you. Take a leap. Maybe you have friends in the industry that can lead you or, you know, friends that can ask questions like listen to friends who've made it. I I love hanging out with people that inspire me and go, okay, you know, they did it this way or maybe, you know, and they they give you tidbits and amazing lessons in life. And, you know, Sergio, I always say is like a fucking sponge. He laps up. And that's why when we met, have I been successful or unsuccessful? It doesn't matter. I've, I've probably failed as many times as I succeeded. But the thing is, I still keep getting back up. And that's why regardless of what happens, I am successful. I am because, you know, no matter how crippled with fear, I never give into it. You know, I never go, this is enough now. I'm giving up because it's not, you can't, I cannot. I'm starting again. I'm 44. I've got till I'm 80, 80 or 90. I intend to be, you know, doing this. And, you know, my tiny little podcast is becoming quite a big thing. And all of you are enjoying it so much. So, you know, I had the fear about just talking into microphone and like gibbering on, but actually all of you quite like it. So don't let this define you. Understand that the fear and anxiety are temporary feeling. Understand they're actually a great feeling because unless you get those feelings, then you're not doing something great. If you don't get fear or anxiety, then you're not growing. If you're not growing 
then you're protecting yourself and overprotecting yourself and living in a bubble. If you're living in a bubble, nothing good will happen. And there you go. So people, fear will never serve you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast because I've really actually enjoyed this one. I told you I'm going through a lot of fear and anxiety. And so it helps me a lot and calms me down just to even hear that, you know, unless I feel all these emotions, I can't possibly get to the other side. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action.